0: Well, the Lord is so good. Good morning. morning. We are grateful to be here at Champion Forest Jersey Village campus. Uh, My wife and I, we are just honored to be here. The Lord is so good. I just love that music ministry. Let's give them another round of applause. Another round of applause. God is so good, and I am grateful for my friend, Pastor Avery. I am a fan of Pastor Avery's, I tell you. Yes, let's give the Lord a hand for this great, great pastor. A great pastor, great church, just a, a great friend, and we are just honored to um, see what God is doing um, through him. The Lord is so good. I bring you greetings from the Southern Baptist of Texas Convention. And we are just honored. I've been in that role now for um, about a little over a year and a half full time. And as Pastor uh, mentioned, I um, pastored um, North Garland Baptist Church um, for 30 years. Those poor people, don't you just feel bad for them? <laughs> and I um, pastored also in, in Brownwood, Texas. Um, uh, Central Texas, Underwoods, amen, um, for five years. And we're just grateful to be um, here, and we thank you so much for your commitment to um, the convention and to missions and evangelism, and we just, we just um, love you guys. We're honored to be here. Um, I would like to call our attention to the book of Romans, chapter one, the book of Romans, chapter one. And verse 14 reads as follows. I'm going to be looking at verses 14 through 16. 14 through 16. 16. I am under obligation both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to the wise and to the foolish. So for my part, I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And let me just pull in that context verse 17 for in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written, but the righteous man shall. Live by faith. So, for my part, I am eager to preach the gospel, the gospel, the gospel, the announcement of the good news, namely that through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, one can be rescued and delivered from eternal death. That's good news. And I want to talk about for a couple of moments, I've got good news. I've got good news. I've got good news. Um, I I shared this morning about my mom. My mother is um, in her mid-80s. She's a wonderful lady, just a great, great mother. And she moved from the inner city in Buffalo to a senior living um, facility. She's at the age where um, she felt she needed to moved from the city to the senior living place, and um, she moved a few weeks ago. And on last um, Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday, um, the movers um, um, got all of her stuff out of the house and moved um, her into her apartment, put everything together. She said they were fantastic, and she paid them. And she called me after she paid them very upset Very, very upset because she gave them the wrong card. She gave them her credit debit card that's attached to her checking account rather than her regular um, credit card, which was a MasterCard. And she was so upset. So it basically, you know, of course, decreased her her, um, balance, and she was so worried because she had just written a check for her rent in this new place, and she was saying, oh, what are those people going to think about me? So she was worried. I mean, it just made her very, very, very worried. And, you know, my sister and my niece were telling me that mom is so upset, she called the next morning, she said, Tony, I hardly slept. And so I got to run over to the bank and let them know what happened. So she ran over to the bank. She was frantic, and she said she went to the bank Went up to the counter and told the people what happened, and the folks told her, I've got good news, Ms. Matthews. You have the type of an, of an, an account where if you overwrite or if you overdraw, it's covered. It's called a secured account. And when she said, I've got good news, she told me the lady said she got good news. She said she felt so good and she was so happy and so relieved. And I told my mom, you know what? You were worrying about all that stuff for nothing. Oh, listen. And I want to tell you, I've got good news for you. Jesus Christ saves. And in the spirit of the Apostle Paul, um, as he mentions here in the book of Romans, he says very clearly I am under obligation both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, um, both to the wise and to the foolish. And the first thing I want to call to your attention, this good news that we're talking about, and, and this is good news, better, better, way better than the news my mom got. This is excellent news, great news. It is news that can set people free. That can deliver them and rescue them from eternal death. And so I'm excited because I am obligated. I am obligated to share the good news. It's right there in verse 14. I love the word of God. Listen to what Paul says again. I am under obligation. Now, to be obligated means to be a debtor. Some of your translations may say, I am a debtor. The apostle Paul has said, I am under obligation. I am under obligation. I owe it to others to share the good news. If you know Jesus this morning, if you are saved this morning, if you claim the name of Jesus, you owe it to the world. You owe it to your neighbor. You owe it to your friends, to your siblings, to your, to your spouse. If, if these folks are not in Christ, you are obligated. I am obligated. We are obligated to share the good news. Can I get an amen? I am under obligation. I am under obligation. And why should we um, be excited about this obligation? We're obligated for a couple of reasons. First, we're obligated to share the good news because of what Jesus did for us. I'm obligated because He what he, done, what he did for me. I was born in the hood. I, I, I tell folks I'm a hybrid. I'm a hoodwood. I love hunting, man. I love hunting, man. So I'm a a true hybrid. I'm a hood wood. But I was born and raised in um, the inner city in Buffalo, New York. We were not raised in church. I um, um, went to church for uh, a little over a year on and off with some friends across the street after my mom and dad divorced. I was probably 12 or 13 years old um, on Colfax Avenue in Buffalo, New York. My friends started taking me to church, and I only went to church to play. I was passing notes like everybody else. Every now and then, the preacher would start preaching. I would look up towards the pulpit and I would get so excited listening to him preach and seeing the choir sing. And then I would go back to playing. That went on for about a year or so on and off. But I didn't, we weren't raised in church, so I didn't have an ecclesiastical background, if you will. Then I moved back with my mom. I was living with my father. I moved with my mom. And the Lord gave me a talent to play basketball. And I spent most of my um, um, teenage years on the basketball court playing basketball. And and the Lord blessed me and got me a scholarship at Angelo State University. So in 1982, I was recruited to play ball from the hood in, in Buffalo as a junior college um, basketball player to San Angelo State, West Texas. Can y'all imagine a dude from the hood going to West Texas? <laughs> Climatic shock, geographical shock. I mean, really, the people were so nice. I mean, when we pulled up to a stop sign, they would just wave, and I was just blown away. People were waving at you. They didn't even know you. But it was there in San Angelo. My first year, I had the red shirt. I had the red shirt. That means I couldn't play. I had a torn muscle calf, and I sunk into a depression, full of anxiety. I was down here in West Texas, and my um, roommate um, was a believer. He gave me a book called Powerful Living. It's an old book that was back in the 80s with Tom Landry, the testimony of Julius Irving. And in the back of the book, we had what was called The Sinner's Prayer, and I accepted Christ in my dorm room. I went back home after I accepted Christ to the church that my friends went to, talked to the pastor, and the pastor checked me out to make sure I was good to go, baptized me, and a year later, the Lord called me to preach. I thought I was losing my mind. I really thought I was losing my mind. I said, Lord, are you sure you want me to preach? And I tell you what, I ran just for a little while. But then after that, I was felt the obligation to, to preach the word. And then in 1987, the Lord called me into full-time ministry as a pastor. So see, the Lord, that's why I tell people, never give up on people. Never give up on individuals because you never know what God will do through someone. We are all under obligation. I am obligated to share the good news I am obligated to share it to whoever. It makes no difference who they are. One scholar says that you know what to be obligated means that we we share the gospel to all individuals, no matter what culture they are. We do it without distinction, no matter what nation they're from. We do it without distinction, and I say it makes no difference what zip code, what area code you're in. What makes no difference if you got a Ph.D. or no D. Everybody deserves to hear the gospel. Can I get an amen? Amen. Everybody deserves to know that Jesus Christ saves. The Apostle Paul says, I am under obligation. I am under obligation to both the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the foolish, under obligation. I asked my friend, who works with the IMB, to give me um, some stats on how many folks die without Christ each day. And the IMB, the International Mission Board, they they, they have this information. And and, um, I brought a slide to show you the staggering number. 173,451 people die without Christ every day can you imagine that every day while I'm up here preaching right now folks are dying without Christ going to a Christless grave people are dying without Christ every single day the young and the old different cultures different nations dying without knowing Jesus And that's why we who know the Lord, that's why those of us who who know the Lord, we are obligated. We're like the Apostle Paul. We are under obligation to share the gospel without distinction. Share it with individuals. makes no difference who they are. And second, right here in the text, not only am I obligated to share the good news, I am eager to share the good news. What did Paul say in verse 15? So for my part, I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. He's talking to the Christians in Rome, but he's in a context that is quite anti-Christ. He says, I am eager to share the gospel. The word eager there, it means to be prepared, to be ready. Yes, it means to be excited, but it also means, listen, we need to be prepared and ready and eager to share the gospel. It's one thing, isn't that right? To be obligated to do something It's another thing to be eager to fulfill your obligation our kids are grown now we have three um, kids and I remember distinctly when they were younger they had chores to do clean up the room take out the trash time to you know um, sweep the floor and every time we asked one of the kids to do something I can tell you right now they didn't start whistling and being happy if you got a child like that, you got something special. Let me tell you, you got, oh, listen, you got a special child. If they're, they're, they're getting real excited, time to clean up. Oh, listen, when it comes to the gospel, we ought to be so excited and ready. Oh, we ought to be so eager. Like the Apostle Paul, he says, for my part, I am eager to preach the gospel to you also, who are in Rome, we all need to be eager, eager, excitement. We get excited over so many different things, and we're prepared to do so many different things. What about sharing the gospel? Ann and I, we have, we have two granddaughters. And, um, oh, my babies, Harmony and lyric, oh, I just love my. It's something about. It's something about these grandbabies, y'all. Harmony and lyric. I told my daughter they sure better be able to sing. <laughs> <laughs> Harmony and lyric, and you know what? Um, my wife and I, we do um, quite a bit of babysitting, and we're eager to do it. We're excited. Now, that may wear off. I've been told by some, 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 some folks that's a little more mature than us, that's going to wear off after a while. But right now, we're in this excitement. We are in in this. We are in the excitement zone, and we prepare for them when they come over. We are, get so excited. And I remember when Harmony was born, our first granddaughter, she was probably like a couple of months old. I was so excited. And I used to go around the house and tell Ann and, and um, our daughter and the kids, I, I could hear her saying, Papa. <laughs> and they would say, Tony, stop. You know, my wife would say, "No, nah, she can't even talk. I said, I could hear her saying Papa. She just loves Papa. And we get so excited and so eager. We'd be worn out at the end of the day, but still we're excited. Eager, excited, prepared to watch our grandkids. And listen. We, we, we don't feel obligated to do it. We're excited to do it. And you know what? That excitement, that preparedness—this is this is what what Paul is talking about. He is saying, "Listen, I am so pumped up over the gospel." No doubt, he's thinking about his 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 the road to Damascus and his experience with Christ and how Jesus saved him, brought him out of darkness into the marvelous light. How Christ turned his life around. Oh, and when he's writing this letter to the Romans, Romans to the Christians at Rome and in, in, in Rome, no doubt. He is saying, I am excited, I'm eager, I'm ready, and I can't wait to get to you in Rome to preach it to you. In Rome, in a context that's anti-Christ, the culture. Look at the culture we live in. Come on, y'all. Look at the culture we live in. I always tell people, yes, the culture, and I hear it all the time, the culture is anti-Christ, the culture is rough, the culture is bad. I understand that. But there's no greater time than now to share the good news. Share it when you go through the drive-thru at McDonald's. Share it when you go to the grocery store. Slip somebody a track. Let them know that Jesus saves. Let them know that he is the redeemer. I am obligated to share the good news. I am eager to share the good news. And I am not ashamed to share the good news. This actually is the beginning of a different paragraph, but I wanted to connect those, those, those three principles there. I am not ashamed to share the good news. Listen to what Paul says in verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. The power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Isn't that amazing? Wow. The power of God. The gospel. It is powerful. See, the gospel is the story of God's unconditional love. It is the story of God's unconditional love to his for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life everlasting life John 3:16 unconditional love We set conditions don't we We have conditions that we put on people but God loves us unconditionally And I am so thankful I am so thankful that I gave my life to Christ <laughs> And that God loved me unconditionally, that Jesus died for me. It is the story of unconditional love. It is the story of God's matchless love, his matchless love. I'm going to flip over to chapter um, five and listen to this. This is matchless love right here, beginning with verse six. For while we were still helpless, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one would hardly die for a righteous man, though perhaps for the good man someone would dare even to die. But look at what verse 8 says. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Man, I tell you what. Come on, y'all. While we were yet sinners. So none of us can boast. We can't say we got in because we were good or because we were great or because we're all that. Oh no, listen here. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I am not ashamed of the gospel because the gospel will never shame us. It's the story of God's unconditional love. It's the story of His matchless love. No one will ever be able to match what Christ did. Dying for people. Whose heels were kicked to heaven, dying for those who did not even love him. He died for us. Oh, it's a story. It's a great story. It is a story of how we can be delivered from eternal death, from eternal death, from eternal death, because of the death burial and resurrection of Christ delivered from eternal death. I think about all these people who who don't know Jesus and we got work to do. At the end of each year, you know, you think about it at the end of each year on television, they they always, every year, they go back and they pull up all the celebrities who who passed away in that year and they start rolling and scrolling their names. It never fails when I see that. I always ask myself, wow, did they have a relationship with Christ? All of this fame, all of the celebrity, where are they right now? I hope to God they knew Jesus. And there may be somebody here right now. You know what? Who knows? You may be here and you may be saying, Well, you know what? I I, I just you know, I, I I have challenges, I have trials, I have tribulations, and I really need to know what to do. I tell you what, you need to go to your Maker. The Bible says that you are made in the image of God. We are all made in the image of God, and God is your Maker. And God knows your challenges. He knows your problems. He knows your situation. He knows what you're going through. He knows every hair that's on your head. He knows your life inside and out. He knows what you're going through. Go to God if you are looking for salvation. My wife and I, some while ago, we were at a retreat and On my way home, my car was really acting weird. You can tell when something's going on with your car, right? Um, And when I got home, um, you know, I said, well, you know, let me go ahead and, you know, I'll watch a little bit. Then my wife and I went out to dinner, and on our way out of the parking lot, all the lights started flashing. Don't you just hate when that happens? (laughs) I mean, it lit up. I mean, that panel (laughs) lit up, man, that dashboard. It lit up, and it had in big, bold red letters... Um, stop the vehicle, pull over, call the dealer right away. And I said, well, that's probably for money, but it's bad. So I went on. I kind of drove it home. I said, well, I'm not too far from home. Let me go ahead and get it home. But you know what? I said, I'll take it to a mechanic that I know. Took it to the mechanic. And, 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 and it had brake malfunction on there. It was very clear, brake malfunction. And um, the mechanic said, well, you know what? Because of the nature of your car, he checked it out. He said, there may be some other stuff going on in there that you might want to go ahead and take it back to the folks who made it. You know, I said, "Now what's going on here? Took it back to the people who made it. And sure enough, they did a deep dive, and it was some major stuff going on with my entire brake braking system and Though other folks probably could have you know put it together and may have had some you know some um, um, parts that are not the parts that actually needed to go in that vehicle, my dealer had the parts. Sometimes you got to go back to the maker when you're having problems. And all I'm saying, if you're having problems this morning, you need to go to the maker. You need to go to King Jesus. You need to call on King Jesus because Jesus is the one who can fix everything. He's the one. The Apostle Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. To everyone who believes, he is the one do you know Jesus this morning? Do you Is he your savior? Oh, he's a great God. He's a great God. I thank God for Jesus. You know what? Um, when I looked at this text here, in wrapping this up, when I looked, when I looked at the text, I love um, verses 14 through 16 because it says, you know, you, you have the phrase in there, I am, three times. I am, what? Obligated, I am eager, and I am not ashamed. And I, I, I started to call, you can really call this text, uh, you know, don't forget the I ams or the I am sayings. And if you say the I am sayings, folks right away will go to the I am sayings of Christ. But, but I looked at this and I said, wow, you know what? We got the, the I am eager, I am obligated, I am not ashamed. And when I think about it, I said, wow. This is all pointing to, really, the great I am, who is Jesus our Lord. He's the great I am. So this is why we preach and share the gospel. This is why we're obligated. This is why we're eager. This is why we're not ashamed, because of the great I am. And let me close out with this here. I want to highlight, in closing, the great I am, Jesus Christ, And I want to call your attention in closing here. You don't have to, you can look at this when you get home. But in in chapter 8, I love chapter 8 of John. And and this is when Jesus was talking um, to the self-appointed, unauthorized, religious hypocrites of his day that always tried to trap him. (laughs) Always tried to trap him. And and, and he was saying basically to the Jews in verse 52, the Jews said to him, now we know that you have a demon. Because Jesus is talking to them about, you know, how... You know, hey, he's from the father, and he told him he didn't have a demon. In verse 52, the Jews said to him, now we know that you have a demon. Abraham died, and the prophets also. And you say, if anyone keeps my word, he will never taste of death. Listen to me. I'm coming to a close here. Listen now. Verse 53, surely you are not greater than our father Abraham who died. I want you to keep I am in mind. Listen. The prophets died too. Whom do you make yourself out to be? Jesus said, If I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. It is my Father who glorifies me, of whom you say he is our God. And you have not come to know me, but I know him. And if I say that I do not know him, I will be a liar like you. But I do know him and keep his words. Now, this is what messed them up, y'all. Pastor Avery, listen, This, this messed them up. The great I am, who we are obligated to share. We are eager to share. We're not ashamed. The great I am said this to them. In verse 56, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Verse 57, so the Jews said to him, You are not yet 50 years old. And have you seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was born, I am I like what the old preacher used to say see when when they were trying to trap Jesus and Jesus told him yeah I, I, I saw Abraham I know Abraham he said you're not 50 years old dude you're in your 30s he said I'm only 30 something on my mother's side <laughs> but on my father's side I'm from everlasting to everlasting. Come on now. On my mother's side, on my mother's side, I could go to a wedding and drink some water. On my father's side, I could turn that water into wine. On my mother's side, I can walk on the seashore. But on my father's side, I can walk on the water. On my mother's side, I can go to sleep in a boat and take a nap. But on my father's side, I can stand up and tell the lightning to go back and the thunder to hush. On my mother's side, I'll die on the cross like every other human. Hang my head, but on my father's side, oh, I'll get up with all power in my hand. And ascend to heaven and sit at the right hand of God. Oh, listen, I thank God for the gospel. We are obligated. I am obligated. I am eager and I am not ashamed because of the great I am. Jesus Christ, our Lord, Heavenly Father, we love you. We give you the praise, the honor, and glory. We thank you that you've allowed us to have this treasure in earthen vessels where we can share the good news, the glorious news, the best news. I pray, Lord God, if there's anyone here under the sound of my voice who does not know you, I pray that he or she would make a decision for Christ this morning, Lord. I pray that they would reach out to this church, to this pastor. Oh, Lord, bring them in. I pray, Lord God, if anyone is here who has slipped away, who's like Thee, malfunctioning break. They, they're malfunctioning in different areas. I pray that they would come back to you, Lord God. I pray to, for anyone who needs a church home, Lord, I pray that you would add. We love you. We give you the praise, the honor, and glory. In Christ's name, amen. Thank you for joining us online. We hope today's experience encouraged and challenged you. At Champion Forest, we are passionate about all kinds of people coming to know God to grow in their relationship with Him and others, and then to go out and make a difference in the world. We would love the opportunity to talk and pray with you. To connect with us, just go to championforce.org connect. And hey, of course, we can't wait to welcome you on campus, in person, on one of our locations. We'll see you soon.